lifting that with Kit Podcast. Follow and subscribe. Hi, Pankaj. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. And before we start, can you please share with the audience how many years of experience you have and how many, for how much longer you have been training people to become coaches? Okay. Uh, so my full name is Pankaj Narsian. Uh, uh, by qualification, I can proudly call myself now a certified strength and conditioning specialist, which was not until <laughs> three months ago. Thank so you. I cleared my CSCS exam, uh, which is uh, from the NSCA Foundation, National Strength and Conditioning Association, USA. So I cleared my CSCS from there last November. Uh, last year, I also did another major certification, which was with NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine. Right. Uh, which is again into the strength and conditioning uh, field, which is performance enhancement specialist. So I have done these two major certifications recently. And uh, prior to that, I've done another couple of small, small certifications like a kettlebell level one instructor. Then I have done my obviously uh, certified personal trainer, certified sports nutritionist. Right. Uh, these two certifications, this, this was very long back when I uh, initially started <laughs> my studies in the fitness industry uh, right. with K-11 education, uh, K-11 Academy of Fitness Sciences. Right. Uh, then just when the lockdown hit, that time I also did another level one certification with precision nutrition because uh, my previous sports nutrition certificate, which I had done with uh, K-11 Academy of Fitness Sciences was, I think, way back in <coughs> 2014. Right. And I just wanted to again brush up my uh, skills on nutrition and I had heard a lot about precision nutrition and about uh, they have a lot of <coughs> interesting perspective towards human psychology when right. it comes to nutrition counseling and all so I wanted to again brush up my skills on that and see if I'm still there's something new to learn or if I'm missing something else in the puzzle so I did that certification also so that basically mainly comprises my journey when it comes to education and fitness. Uh, apart from that, I also work as a senior faculty with the uh, Institute of Nutrition and Fitness Sciences based in Pune, uh, right. India. So I work there as a teacher, which is now almost going to be one year. I started uh, in March last year, so it's going to be nearly one year. Essentially teaching future coaches to become coaches, right? Yeah, teaching future coaches to become coaches. And uh, prior to uh, prior to basically being a coach, uh, I had a decade-long career in marketing and advertising. Okay. So I did that for the first 10 years of my professional career. And then <laughs> it's been now almost eight, nine, nine years precisely uh, that I have been into the fitness side where okay. I have been working as a, as a trainer, uh, as a as a counseling coach, I don't know. I mean, there are so many titles and it is so confusing because there's no standard hierarchy structure in the fitness industry, you know, like other industries are a lot more regulated yeah. and they have a proper structure. That's in fitness industry, you get titles as in, like I've been for interviews where I will not name the company, but they said, Aap raklo jo title aapko <laughs> So it's, that, it's very random. So I've worked right from... Uh, some of the titles that I have been given is I've worked right from being a fitness counselor to a fitness director to the head of the training department to a fitness. And uh, two, two years ago, I started my own independent coaching system. Uh, right. I have a website called www.musclelayman.com and through which uh, at the moment, uh, me, my wife, and another one coach, we work with clients across all disciplines. So I work right from a kid who's like 13 years old in Singapore to about a 60-year-old woman in India. So basically, I work with all age groups. Uh, mostly, I prefer to work with young adults uh, to help them with their strength and conditioning needs. But then obviously, there are a lot of old clients, uh, old relations that I have. So those are still ongoing. So I work with all kind of clients, depending uh, what is their need. So that is a little bit about me. Right, right. I mean. For that, and we'll talk about what is state of flow. Hmm. First, and it comes from a Mihali's book. I'll I'll not try to even pronounce his hmm. second surname. We'll call him just Mihali. It comes from his book, 
uh, hmm. the state of flow okay what is your perspective on what is what is your take away from the book first so let us I, understand that you know when when you he talks about a lot of things you know when hmm. is that when you enter a state of flow you are not more recognized on what time it is and what what i'll do ki yeah. you have to send this assignment complete this complete that mm. whatever you are doing you are fully focused on that particular uh, whatever that you are trying to do yeah so basically if i had to experience state of flow it basically it's a state of complete clarity okay that is right. what state of flow is so it can be called as an ideal performance state uh, it is a complete state in which you know there are no uh, there is no place for doubts so rather than focusing on the negatives of the situation as to what could go wrong you are going to positive focus more on the positive as to what you can do right in that particular station like right, right. uh, there are many factors which are responsible for the state of flow obviously uh, unless you are not prepared for the task there is no no point you are not going to be able to enter the state of flow unless there is no basically preparation done okay right. so the skill level of the person the experience of the person uh, because state of flow is more connected to like uh, like we were discussing earlier so basically it comes more under the sports psychology domain and ideally yeah. what happens is that uh, we often hear this particular term of state of flow from many athletes also if you see they talk in their interviews also right uh, that you know there was this sudden moment for those 10 minutes before the like for example soccer players just before that you know that soccer game which is supposed to end in 90 minutes so just in that last 5 7 minutes they just happened to enter into a state of flow where basically they had complete power, control on the situation they didn't yeah. know how things were going there was just complete clarity and they were completely focused towards the goal and they things that couldn't have happened norm in normal situations right. it just happened you know so if a team didn't expect then nobody expected the team to win but suddenly the team won right. so basically this often happens what obviously there's a lot of other factors which are responsible for getting the person into the state of flow if a person has not practiced the skill he not get into the state of flow because to even if your mindset is right but basically if there is no preparation if there is no skill level there is no experience then you're not that state of flow is not going to help you so there are many factors related to it and uh, if a person has the right kind of skill sets and the right kind of experience right. then there are many other basically psychological techniques that you can use to get into that particular state you know to to because eventually uh, any person who wants to do better let's say for example sports person who wants to do better on field in right, their right. sport uh, there is always this arousal you know which is like a psychological stimulation that they experience now that can be towards the positive side or the negative side there are two aspects to it there is anxiety and then there is stress right. so again uh, even when it comes to stress there are two ways of looking at stress there is a distress and there is a eustress distress is like seen as a negative stress eustress is seen as a positive stress in the anxiety state also there are different kinds of anxiety that one experiences there is yeah. a somatic anxiety okay which is again related more towards the body there is a somatic anxiety then basically there is more about psychological factors that play a role so depending on what kind of anxiety or stress is the person facing from because this is more subject to the personality also Right. how you perceive the stress how you perceive that particular situation right. and accordingly there are basically psychological techniques which you can use to you know uh, nail that particular situation so that any time in future when you're experiencing a similar situation you don't get hampered and that is what promotes you getting into the state of flow promoting you to get into that state of confidence focusing more on the positives than the negatives right. so this is my small interpretation of how i would look at the state so uh, if we talk about let's say physical physically i want to enter the state of flow and all of the factors are set aside mm-hmm. how so physically someone has to enter into the state is basically it's i mean it cannot ever be purely physical because state of flow is more psychological than okay. physical so if you are basically wanting to get into that and you want that basically similar experiences every now and then so basically right. it comes from thorough planning because if your planning is not strong then you will not be able to nail because only when your planning is perfect like let's say for example if you are working with a person working with a client and if you don't have a proper program planned for him you know so right. if the program planning is not done in the correct way and you have not really counseled the client 
as to what is the what, why, and how of the particular program, and what is expected out of him on the training day. What is the kind of effort level that he needs to bring? What is the kind of preparation he needs to do three hours prior to the training session, or right. basically twelve hours prior to the training session? You know, that is why we. So in bits and pieces, we try to talk about these things in terms of recovery, in terms of uh, training preparation. We try to talk about the warm up. Okay, so warm up also is basically a basically a psychological stimulus, which is basically preparing the body to get into the situation, right. the physical challenges that they are going to face. There are also basically triggers that you can use to get into that state. So basically, we always talk about. Having a separate pair of training clothes, having a separate pair of socks for your training, having a separate pair of shoes for your training, right. having a separate pair of a cap for your training. Sometimes even that workout cap makes a lot of difference. So you right. know these are all triggers to basically get you into that state. Because if a physical task is coming in about one and a half two hours from now, so right. there is a the specific kind of prep that you do, preparing your workout bag, putting your workout clothes into the bag. all these are like basically triggers to prepare the body that you know there is a physical task that is going to be coming into us so that is how you prepare so everything right. is put into preparation and it is never going to be only physical because the the state that you are talking about is always going to be psychological right. the psychological stimulation will lead to better performance into the state of flow right right and when talking about these athletes they talk more about rate of ex- <coughs> exertion yeah so oh. rate of exertion Right, yeah, right, right, right. So the, what they do is they tell that you know this is the rate of perceived exertion, and you should never be able to cross or come closer to it in order to achieve that state of flow. Okay. Uh, so how do I, as a coach, during a initial assessment, determine what is the rate of perceived exertion for a client? Let's say he is about thirty years male. He mm. comes first time. I'm seeing him first time. how do i decide during the initial assessment that this is his rate of perceived exertion in terms of you know this is how much he can do or this is how much kg you can lift or this is how much push up that he can do so in general uh, so there is never like a set format in practice okay okay as to kahan se start karna hai so basically it's always about trial and error when it comes to fitness uh even i have some certain clients like let's say for example i started working with a client last year and uh, when i gave him all his plans his nutrition and training plans uh his question was that pankaj i like the training plan but uh, how much is i supposed to lift right so my answer to him was that i said because you don't know how much do you have to lift that is why you have to take one on one pt and not just rely on a coaching plan right that is why when someone comes to me and they ask me like sir what are your services so i tell them i offer two services one is the coaching where basically i plan and you execute right. and the second part is the one on one pts where basically i will make you execute right in both the situations you are executing but in once the first situation you i just plan and you execute yourself in right. the second way i design and i make you execute in front of me so if someone doesn't know how much to lift then obviously that coaching format is not going to work with him he needs one on one pt but he said still if i want to start with what do you recommend so i said okay uh, as a rule of thumb what we now obviously the advice that i gave him i don't think that advice is there anywhere on the internet or there is any evidence to support it it is something that i plainly gave from my experience of being a coach because i always agree that if someone something is very logical it doesn't need have to be supported by evidence matlab har ek cheez ke liye evidence nahi chahiye common sense pe kuch cheez hoti hai na to har ek cheez ke liye evidence zarurat nahi hota hai to kafi baar log puchte mere ko ke sir aap ye bol rahe ho iska evidence kya hai common sense ke liye evidence nahi chahiye it basic so if i don't know how much how much is the client's capacity to lift and uh, as a coach as a responsible coach where i can proudly say that none of my clients have ever got injured in the last 10 years i always keep safety first so i told the client that you know whatever compound movements if you are doing unsupported compound movements if you are doing for your body which if the coaches are watching this video later on they will know what i say so if you are doing any unsupported compound movements start with 30% of body weight okay as a thumb rule yeah, as a rule of thumb to start with at least start with it record the videos and send it to me so i can look at the face and understand what is the level of exertion that he's going through right right matlab abhi any experience coach will look at the person and understand ke what is the kind of exertion that he is going through 
मे बी मैं बोलूंगा सेवन दूसरा बोलेगा एट बट इट विल बी राउंड अबाउट नाइनटीन ट्वेंटी परसेंट इट विल बीर इन दर सो आई टोल स्टार्ट विद थर्टी परसेंट ऑफ बॉडी वेट एज अ रूल ऑफ थम फॉर योर अनसपोर्ट कंपाउंड मूवमेंट इफ यू आर डूइंग सिंगल जॉइंट मूवमेंट देन स्टार्ट विद टेन परसेंट बॉडी वेट ओके तो इफ यू हैव टू टेक योर एग्जाम्पल वॉट इज योर बॉडी वेट दिवशु इट इज सेवेंटी तो अगर सपोज अगर आप बाइसेप कर्ल कर रहे हो तो टेन परसेंट मतलब सेवन किलो से स्टार्ट करो लॉजिक है सिंपल है एंड इफ आई एम स्टार्टिंग विद अनसपोर्टिंग कंपाउंड मूवमेंट लेट से फॉर एग्जाम्पल इफ आई एम स्टार्टिंग विद स्क्वाट तो बेसिकली सेवेंटी का थर्टी परसेंट कितना होता है अबाउट ट्वेंटी के जीज ट्वेंटी वन के जीज टू बी प्रिसाइज ट्वेंटी के जीज अ वेरी स्टैंडर्ड वेट तो अगर प्रैक्टिकली भी देखने जाओगे तो उतना ही रिकमेंड करेगा कोच स्टार्ट करने के सो दीज आर माई परसेंटेजेस विथ माई एक्सपीरियंस आई हैव अंडरस्टूड के इतने से स्टार्ट करना है तो बेसिकली अगर जैसा आपका क्वेश्चन था कि मैं जब करता हूं तो हाउ वुड आई रेकमेंड सो बेसिकली देर इज नो सच स्ट्रॉन्ग बेसिकली गाइडेंस एनीवेयर ऑन द इंटरनेट आई विल स्टार्ट विद माय बेसिक लॉजिक ऑफ यूजिंग दिस परसेंटेजेस वाइज एंड फ्रॉम देयर आई विल सी व्हाट इज द काइंड ऑफ एफर्ट दैट द क्लाइंट इज पुटिंग इन ओके एंड समथिंग वेरी सिंपल दैट आई डू विद ऑल द क्लाइंट्स इज दैट व्हेन आई एम कोचिंग सो आई टेक वन ऑन वन सेशंस ऑन Zoom विद मेनी पीपल सो व्हेन आई एम starting with a new client and in the initial 2 3 sessions what i do is that every time they finish a set i ask them okay how did you find the set so he said okay good so i ask them that basis the weight that i recommended you to lift how many more reps do you think you could have done after we stopped so maybe i may say okay devanshu let's do a set of 12 you do your 12 and then i will ask you devanshu if i had to push you a little more how many more you could have done you said two i said are you sure what if i had to really really push you how much more you could have done Ha, maybe I could have done five. So if right. the person says five, that means I know that he was training at RIR five. Right. That's all. So that is your answer. Right, right. But determining how to ask these questions, yeah, is that, not as simple as you explain. Yes, exactly. That is what. So that is where every way counseling skills come into play, right? So right. I can give you the format that in which how I work, but it's very difficult to copy my style of work because that is my counseling skill. That is how I get the information from the client. Right, right. And this is not just for adults. I do it with kids also. So okay. when the kids, the the kid that I train from Singapore, so I train a couple of kids. One is twelve, one is seventeen, one is probably fifteen now. He's turned. So even when the kids come for the session, so I ask them, okay, Nayas, how was your day at school? So he says, Coach, okay, it was good. We had a lot of whatever school activity. Sometimes you'll say, oh, today was a heavy day. There were some extra classes. So I'll say, okay, uh, Nayas, on a rate of one to five, how charged are you for the session? Five means like excellent. I'm going to kill it, and zero means you're dead today. So it's just a scale of one to five, and I ask this question many times to the kids. So they're like, no, four. So no. today I'm like really good because I came back from school. I had a snack. I had some time to rest, play. Then I'm coming for the session. Or sometimes they have a very hectic day at school, and then we like probably one or two. So if it's one or two, then I know that what I'm going to do is that that day I'm just going to do some mobility work with them, and then release them. That's it. Right. If they say the energy level is four, then I will basically push them for a good, maybe full body session, full body workout, and probably instead of forty-five, fifty minutes, that day I will train them for at least one or ten, one or fifteen minutes. So right. I will make sure I'll do some mobility work, then I'll do some plyometrics with them. Then after the plyometrics, I will do some core activation work with them. Then basically I'll do like a full body workout with them, where I'll choose at least six exercises, and six exercises also. My programming is very simple. I'll choose all movement patterns, one variation. So squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull. That's all. So I right. pick up one one variation for that and stretches. So yeah. That is how I would plan things. Okay. So what do you think? Uh, state of flow is how much important while doing a training session. Let's. It is not for the coaches. It's for. Say <coughs> it. Uh, for me, I'm going to the gym first time. Mm. How important will it be for the first timer? to achieve that state of flow Why? not very important not But, very important because if you start uh, throwing heavy terms at them they anyways keep getting confused so clients they have you have to think of them as like senior kg or junior kg kids okay, okay. so if you put a lot of jargons to them they end up getting confused and then they focus on tasks that are not so important right so so basically state of flow and everything is good to understand that but basically not so important for them to even know about it because as far as basically you're keeping your terms very simple and that is why my brand is called muscle layman right i try right. to keep things very simple that that is the reason i kept the name 
okay. because in my uh, educational lectures, in my seminars, webinars, in my one-to-one -one sessions, I try to keep things very simple. So I will try to get things done from the client without he knowing that he's doing it. So even if my clients are coming into the state of flow, they don't even know that they've entered a state of flow, but I know that they've entered and I've got the job done. Right, right. So, so as a coach, I always feel that probably, and I'm, I'm no offense to anyone, probably, probably some other person feels the opposite of what I had suggested. Right. But I try to keep things as simple as possible in the session and uh, get the work done like from the clients without even them letting know. Right. So you shared an article sometime back on Instagram, which talks about flow from me. Yeah. Yeah, a few and what he talks about that is that you need to find flow to succeed at all levels of life. Yeah, so trainer, you know, help anyone to achieve that. He so, talks. He talks yeah. about you know achieving it for all levels of life. <laughs> but how, as a trainer, I can help anyone to achieve that because. Until unless I know, I understand that this is flow, this is how I enter it, then I have to implement that for the tra training as well. So how hmm. do I do that without, like like you mentioned, without even telling them? Yeah, so basically, it all boils down to the small things that we basically always talk about. So getting your fitness assessment done, talking to your clients about the goals in a very clear and precise manner, setting the expectations from both the sides, because unless the thorough planning is there, you can't get, so state of flow is basically just basically an optimal state where you're getting things done, right? Right, right. But still preparation is needed. So basically being very vocal about your expectations from the client, the client being very vocal about his expectations from you as a coach, right. setting boundaries, clearing basically what needs to be the, the, the plan for whatever the next six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. So right. making a clear strategy. So unless these small basic hygiene factors are not taken into place, you cannot really get into that optimal state of basically achieving what you want Absolutely. unless there is no planning. Right. Because uh, once the planning is there, when it comes to execution, then you have to basically get into the psychology of how to basically do it. Right, right. now, if you are my client and if I don't have a proper program in place, I don't know what are you expecting from me as a coach or I don't have not spoken to you about what do I expect from you as a client, you know. Because there is something that you also need to do on your part when it comes to nutrition adherence, when it comes to giving importance to your recovery, when it comes to importance to giving your training, your preparation for the training, and what are you supposed to do on the rest days. If those expectations are not cleared, then basically what is going to happen is going to hamper the process. We will right. not eventually reach what we have to. So right. the expectations need to be clear. A clear plan needs to be laid down. Then on the training day, basically, okay, they want you now we are doing this particular session today. It's going to help you optimize your performance in X, Y, Z factors. Okay. How are we going to nail the session? What is right. it going to take us to reach the most optimal? Probably if I'm today, the planning, the, if the session is planned for 80% of one RM squat, you know, so for that, you need to get into the state of flow for that execution part. Right. So, but everything comes down to first planning. If the planning is only not there, then how will you get into that? that? So for there, basically, we, it comes a lot about the counseling. So how do you get rid of the fears? Getting rid of the fears is also a process that needs to be laid, right? If a person has not been training eventually in the right execution manner, in the right technique, with the right management of recovery and fatigue management, if that is not done, obviously, he will not be prepared to get under the bar at 80% of one RM squat. Like when I am teaching my uh, new clients of how to squat, I actually teach them that basically what is going to happen if you fail at a hundred kg squat, how are you going to come out? <laughs> so state of flow is optimal performance, but yeah. basically that will come three months from now. But I start training from day one that today okay. your capacity is only to do a squat of 20 kgs. But tomorrow when you reach hundred kgs and if you fail at the bottom, how are you going to come out? Okay. I start teaching from day one. So okay. I start teaching them how to throw the bar right from day one. Okay. Not when, when they actually fail and then now what are you going to do? Right. Probably even run behind because right. I don't like standing behind the client. I stand on the side of the rack. I never stand behind the client unless it's really, really needed. Like sometimes my wife is pushing us through the squad and she'll yell at me saying, no, no, stand behind. I want you behind. So right. just because she's really scared. But otherwise, <laughs> that is how you basically train the client. So again, that's what I said. Everything about the optimal state of performance comes down to basics first. 
so right. unless your basics are not in place you will never be able to enter in the optimal state of performance yeah so further further to that one of the elite trainers known as firaz zawabi takes it to the another level and telling you you don't need to t- train until you get sore instead you should try to enter flow and then shutting it down completely let's eat or give an example like this like you can do 10 pull ups at 7 you should not be able to do any more and you should end the session then and there so there so is you- nothing new that he is saying it's very simple basics what right. happens is that we are trying to basically just optimize recovery right so, right so he, there are many what he further says that you know you never train to your limit so that you never get doms he talks about like i am a beginner i am going to the gym for the first time i will train you but you will not experience doms for the even uh, second day or the third day and even if you are a beginner but as a beginner let's say if i am going to go wouldn't i be experiencing doms from for the second or third day any time there is a trigger that is given to the body or stimulus which the body has never experienced before right you are going to experience some high metabolites right, right. so metabolic production is any is going to go high i don't know the credibility on which this statement has been made by the trainer and i don't even want to get into the argument of it okay fine someone has made a statement <laughs> good luck to them but anyway right. it's it's very basic in science that any time your body is experiencing a stimulus that it has never experienced before obviously it's a novelty factor right for the body right. obviously you are causing a disruption of systems you are causing a, a disruption in the state of homeostasis which is basically the state of balance in the body right so you are going to elevate your blood pressure you are going to stress the skeletal system you are going to stress the musculoskeletal system your cardiovascular system is going to get stressed somewhere basically doms is what doms is just basically a state where basically what happens is that you are producing a very high level of metabolites because of the energy production process which is needed while you are exercising right because right. you are probably pushing yourself to experience a state of stimulus which you have never experienced before so for that you need a lot of high energy right and right. while that energy cycle is running you are going to produce a lot of metabolites and while your body basically prepares to clear and clear all that rate of metabolite that has produced it is basically obviously going to cause some swelling cell swelling will happen some inflammation will occur xyz there are many factors that will occur so right. you will experience some basically uh-huh. doms if that is the term that you want to say so yeah. i would not even use the word doms i'll just say yes you are going to experience some inflammation obviously okay. because it's a state that has never been experienced before right so for a beginner he is going to experience something or the other obviously because it's a state that he's never experienced before if you continue to train him at the same rate with the same amount of stimulus for the next 6 weeks then he is not going to experience because the body will have started to adapt to that level of stress right. by upregulating the efficiency of the systems again you do progressive overload by any means whether right. you are changing the intensity you are changing the volume you are changing the reps you are changing the workout density that means doing the same workout in a lesser amount of time again it's a state of stimulus which has not been experienced before you will again experience some or the other dom so i mean or whatever some some rate of inflammation will be experienced right so, right. so one of the authors of a book called new power of programming by michael cogan he talks about that if you want to train and get to a next level at any field training anything you need to train at least 6 months to acquire that skill let's say if you are doing a pull up you need to do it subsequently for 6 months to acquire that skill being mm-hmm. said that but in india we what we generally see is that people don't want to follow the same plan for even one month what you would have experienced this every now and then that Uh, training no, i i don't actually i don't <laughs> because uh, like i said it all comes down to the how you counsel the client how you talk to them how you explain right. them the logic behind doing certain things so there are some clients of mine who've been doing the same set of 12 to 16 exercises for the last 6 months nobody's complained right. and uh, because this i know about the situation that you mentioned because a lot of trainers sometimes talk about these things during the yeah. lectures but uh, i personally never experienced this thing because i know how to convince the client and what to tell and i give them the logic very clearly so i tell them if you want to basically excel in that particular movement you have to repeat it if right. there is no repeatability then how are you going to excel in it so basically yes 
there are mixed views to what you said partly uh at times i would change a lot of variations for the clients also but only when it comes to accessory work okay accessory work like let's say for example if i'm i will still keep the compound movements roughly the same let's say for example if a client has been training with me for the last two years and he has adequate mobility stability flexibility to hit the right range of motion which is needed to qualify for a good lift so basically squat bench deadlift will always be there in the program which is the main chunk of the program and plus something like chin ups pull ups push ups overhead presses bent over rows these things will always be there yeah. rest of the movements which are like accessory movements could be a single joint movements they will keep changing okay. if i have a client who's training for the lower body for the last two years if i have to make a shift in this program now okay if he's doing lunges so far then this time in, when i'm changing lunges i will again put like a split squat or a bulgarian split squat okay. and probably after 3 months i will change from a bulgarian split squat to again some other variation so okay. that is the like accessory works so i will change that if he's doing hip thrusters i will move the hip thrusters i will put cable pull through or i will move the cable pull through put romanian deadlift but okay. basically squat will never change so compound movements don't change we basically change the small parts which are like the accessory parts we keep changing so okay. again sometimes that question is been misinterpreted ha huh. when you are trying to learn a new skill obviously you have i don't know 6 months is the statement that the coach made but sometimes it might take a year also never know it depends because are we talking about 6 months on a daily basis that the client is going to train or 6 months may he is going to train twice a week so everything is very subjective i mean nothing is clear in black and white everything is subjective to the person some people may take about 3 months to learn the skill Right. I was working with a client last year. She managed. She wanted to learn how to do push-ups. She managed to pick it up in two months. Okay. So I could challenge the six-month statement. But sometimes some clients may take one year also to learn the skill. Right. So there, there was a guy. His name was I think Angus, and he ultimately lost about three hundred something pound, going on vitamin drips and eating nothing. Hmm. Only gained about twenty pounds back after doing this. Hmm. so and let's say for next 5 years he, he had no no visible skin hanging hmm. after that much amount of weight so what is do you think is the science behind that you know even some people lose 10 kg they have saggy skin hmm. but this guy lost 300 about 300 something pounds but he didn't have that what is it due to genetics what are the factors there that are uh, taken into consideration here okay to be honest <laughs> when you become a coach to my level and my experience and become a teacher right. you take every information with a pinch of salt <laughs> okay okay so i will not negatively criticize the person neither right. i will positively criticize the person okay it's just that basically if someone tells me the story i just smile and say okay good that's all so my my reaction may be very uh, like i may not be able to add anything to it and my reaction is very uh, plain and bland it's because we have reached a level in our education and our experience where we understand how certain things happen and okay. if someone is giving out facts like this i don't want to negatively criticize and maybe uh, disrespect the hard work that he's put into the process but basically sometimes we just think that oh, could be something fishy out there right yeah but i'm not saying it is fishy okay i'm saying right. it could be something fishy out there that's why i already said i don't want to discredit his hard work right. okay but obviously now that i have worked with so many clients and i have worked with so many uh, you know i've worked with coaches also i've got to know about their clients and i have had my own share of fair share of clients i've worked with so we all obviously know what is the roughly the process that it takes to get into a transformation and what are the effects that also happen after the transformation depending on what kind of the route that person has taken you know some persons do excessive cardio go on a calorie deficit don't do strength training what happens after that we already know right. some people who take strength training and cardio and calorie deficit then what happens we already know about it. so right. there are many case studies in and around everything you read on there are so many channels you read these things on case studies and plus from our own experience we know how things happen but still i don't discredit anybody's hard work because i think in today's day and science i mean anything is possible right with the rate with the rate things are progressing and i still feel that we are still probably at least 10 years behind 
to the rate at which things happen in the west so right. like uh, these vitamin drips and all are not still that big over here in india right. in uk us there are it's pretty big uh, there's a coach called chris gethin also he's a big celebrity trainer the guy who had who helped rithik roshan do an entire transformation right. i read about him also doing these uh, niacin drips about 2 years back to basically help with his longevity and reducing his inflammation markers and promoting health and wellness so in he was doing it and he said that he had seen quite a lot of benefits i'm talking about at least 2 years back this article when i read about it right. so yeah things do happen basics do not change so logic to change nahi hoga but ha if someone is saying probably i may just okay good maybe he's genetically gifted and probably <laughs> in spite of everything which generally does not happen in regular individuals it happened with him so right. there was no loose skin with just these vitamin drips and all or could be maybe he's just one of the few like examples ha right. but then again he, whatever he did will not apply to general audience it will right. not apply to the masses right. so this is like one thing example it's like uh, you know we see so many such examples in india also right go to right. any good fisherman colony you will see guys eating vada pav and still maintaining six pack abs throughout the year because the amount of physical activity or their genetic factors or uh, the overall diet that they've been eating since childhood is so different towards the one towards something that we call a healthy lifestyle so they've been eating they've been brought up in that way their physical activity levels are very very high where even that one vada pav does not do anything for them it's very very similar to exactly like how a professional crossfit athlete would be right Right. So even if you watch YouTube videos and behind the stage footage of these CrossFit athletes, you will see them eating pizzas and burgers and fries and coke and everything. Right. But the amount of physical energy expenditure that these guys put in, they are doing like three workouts a day. Yeah. No joke. हमारा तो हफ्ते में तीन दिन का format होता है. ये लोग तो एक दिन में तीन workout करते हैं. Like they are literally doing a cardio in the morning, then they are doing a lifting session in the afternoon, they are doing mobility work in the evening. so they are doing three workout sessions in a day which we generally do in a week so right. it's very very different so things can happen never know there can be genetic exceptions so the next question i'll ask it is from coach's point of view yeah start and while doing it they often question coaches whether they have the right approach whether coaches know anything and they'll go on have these body test but sorry, they sorry come again i missed the first part what So, so when while people lose weight, ha ha ha, the coach they have the right. Uh, they will question whether the coach has the right approach, right knowledge. He mm-hmm. has the, everything in place to implement or train them. Mm-hmm. But the same people will never ask anything while they eat, uh, while they consume alcohol, while they eat mm-hmm. whatever kind of food. So they don't bother to even check check their level at that point of time when they are destroy, literally destroying their bodies. So. how as a coach do i manage that and uh, overcome and when the uh, when a trainee ask me that how do i overcome or manage that question what what is the question what so, i just lost the thought sorry so what is the main question ha which you want so, to overcome sorry i, I someone joins me he is a trainee i train him mm. let's say about 6 months into a program he asked me that you know Uh, how how from where do you, do you get this knowledge how are you able to train me whether you have the right certification this and that and they do a body test a full body test to check whether whatever we are doing is helping them or not but when they eat drink and do every kind of stuff they will never do these checks and ask them so as a coach how do i overcome that question when when a client asks me that Mm, I'm looking at from my point of view. When someone asks me, I just, I mean, थोड़ा मेरे लिए strange है क्योंकि मेरे को जो question होता है ये सब when clients ask me, so basically I generally answer them like they ask me if they ask me do you have any certifications I tell them which certifications I have. They say are you qualified to help me? I said yes I am very well qualified to help you, and I tell them that yes I have references of clients. You can check it on my social media profile. You can check it on my website. There are testimonials of clients. uh i <laughs> i sometimes even tell clients that i can share numbers of people if you want to just give them a call and check about my work and you know how flexible i've been and my what is my nature of work and how is my style of work you can definitely ask them on whatsapp message also because i have good personal relationships 
with my clients and i tell them that yes someone is going to just drop you a text just see what you have to answer right so uh, like i don't really get offended if someone has doubts about my work because obviously i'm not a celebrity right <laughs> it's not necessary that the entire world will know who pankaj is so i don't really get offended if someone is wanting to know if i have the credibility to work with them and help them i will just share references right saying that you know why why don't you check in with them and also obviously uh itna negative nahi hota yaar matlab the way you are asking me na matlab mere sath to at least kabhi itna negative experience nahi hua hai because uh aaj ke time mein na uh itna do dumb koi client nahi hai because internet pe itna information available hai na yaar matlab सोशल मीडिया पे जस्ट चेक आई थिंक समटाइम्स आई डोंट फील लाइक मेकिंग कंटेंट ऑन सोशल मीडिया बिकॉज़ इतना सारा कंटेंट ऑलरेडी है ना ऐसा लगता है बस इसका ही शेयर कर दू पढ़ लो सो नो क्लाइंट इज डम आई थिंक एटलीस्ट द क्लाइंट वेन देर पेंग लॉर्ड ऑफ मनी दे टॉक यू फॉर टेन मिनट एंड उनको पता चल जाता है कि तुमको कितना आता है दस मिनट में बिकॉज जो क्लाइंट पूरी दुनिया घूम रहा है ना मतलब यू चार्ज अ क्लाइंट लेट्स Twenty thousand for a PT, right? Okay. Which is roughly around what I charge. Twenty thousand for a PT, twenty twenty two, twenty five, whatever I charge for a PT. So, जब कोई client इतना पैसा देता है ना, तो वो idiot तो नहीं है यार. Right. Obviously, अगर इतना पैसा दे सकता है, तुमको मतलब उसने मेहनत करके पैसा कमाया, इसके लिए वो दे रहा है. And someone who's able to spend that kind of money obviously has seen the world much right. more than you. So within that ten questions, ten minutes when he's asking you those questions, ना, so basically उनको पता चल जाता है. Okay, how much is the guy bluffing, and how much he knows? And right. I have seen clients doing that. So many times they commit to a particular trainer, and then they withdraw it, saying that no, this is a time waste. So with me, it has never happened. So with me, whenever a question is answered, they obviously ask me, okay, yeah. what have I done uh, when I'm working with a new client? Uh, and something that I do, like a, uh, I don't know if this could be a good advice for other coaches who are going to watch this episode. So recently, uh, one of my uh, clients he actually asked me saying that are pankaj uh, i have some friends in singapore who who i want to refer your name to that guys from singapore so he said i want to refer your name to so just send me a message like you know what do you charge like right. you know what do you charge like mera wala price mat dena client ne bola because usko thoda discounted price tha because of some certain relations so he said he said but genuinely what is your other charge otherwise that you charge other people and just send me a message like about right. your personal training and what is your charge which i feel is like the most stupid thing to do i would never send someone just kya okay pankaj nasian 12 session ka itna paisa nahi because uh, the price does not justify the amount of work or the quality that i bring to the table right. so the first thing that i do is actually send them my resume okay. which will be very su- stupid for some people because they will be laughing are resume kon bechta hai but for me pt is like a job only right i'm applying for a job If I'm applying a job in INFS, I would send my resume, right? Right. Similarly, right. if I'm, if you give me a referral and if I want to pitch for a training, that means it's like applying for a job, right? Right. So that he hires me as a trainer. So I actually send them my professional CV. Okay. Some clients wonder that I'm AQ bejrao, but it, I tell them this is like applying a job, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. So I send them my resume, and then after I send them my resume, I tell them that you know, this is my resume. This is the work that I've done. This is my website link. go right. through everything and just give me a nod acknowledge it once you've seen everything okay only then i share my pricing okay makes sense makes complete sense ha matlab jab tak aapne dekha hi nahi hai ki bmw kya gaadi kya hoti hai uske features kya hote hain uska safety kya hai uska comfort kya hai <laughs> you know everything so how the sorry i was going to use the f word but how the hell does it even matter matlab wo bmw hai ya santro hai kya farak padta hai राइट 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 जब आप फीचर्स देखोगे उसका nobody yeah, really said i i haven't come yeah so i send my professional resume to all the clients if someone is showing interest in working with me that is the first thing i send that okay this is my application for work so this okay. is my cv go through my cv go through my website if you want go through my social media channels see what is the kind of content i produce see how i explain because sometimes i also put glimpses of how i take my personal training sessions on zoom no, right. so i tell them that you see everything 
जब आप एक्नोलेज करोगे ना कि आपने देखा है ये सब तो मैं प्राइसिंग बताऊंगा आपको बिकॉज ओनली देन माई प्राइसिंग विल मेक सेंस टू यू If I just send you my pricing, then you'll be like, who's this idiot who's charging twenty-five thousand for a PT? So that is how I handle. Right, like you mentioned, uh, that social media, uh, many people post everything. Uh, a yeah. lot of information is there, but yeah. of bad apples are also out there in social media who hmm. you know come on stories and reels and everything like that, and they will uh, say with a straight face that you know our eating after seven pm hmm. will. will make you gain more weight hmm. so how do we eat as a coach when we are starting out how we differentiate between those bad apples you don't really have to man you keep doing your work the people understand nowadays who's talking what so i have never really bothered about the bad apples because i think ultimately <laughs> i would have got bothered 5 years back right. but now after you become my age na wo patience aata hai क्या ठीक है एवरीबॉडी इज ट्राइंग टू डू समथिंग टू अर्न सम ब्रेड एंड बटर इवेंचुअली करेक्ट कोई सही इंफॉर्मेशन दे रहा है कोई गलत दे रहा है बट प्रोबेबली इवेंचुअली एवरीबॉडी इज जस्ट ट्राइंग टू डू समथिंग टू अर्न देयर ब्रेड एंड बटर आई डोंट नो वेदर इट इज इंटेंशनल और अनइंटेंशनल बिकॉज़ मेनी अ टाइम्स आई थिंक दे आर प्रोबेबली नॉट गिविंग आउट द राइट इंफॉर्मेशन बट इट इज नॉट इंटेंशनल इज जस्ट बिकॉज़ प्रोबेबली वो बेचारे के पास एजुकेशन सपोर्ट करने के लिए पैसा नहीं है हो सकता है ठीक है मुझे पता नहीं है मगर मैं हमेशा बेनिफिट ऑफ डाउट देता हूं कि हां यार शायद ही वांट्स टू डू गुड वर्क बट प्रॉब्ली ही डज नॉट हैव एक्सेस टू द मटेरियल्स दैट आई हैव और आई कैन अफोर्ड करेक्ट सो जनरली मैं अपना काम करता रहता हूं लोग अपना काम करते रहते हैं और इवेंचुअली द राइट क्लाइंट विल ऑलवेज फाइंड यू करेक्ट दैट इज हाउ आई बिलीव इन सो मेरा थोड़ा फिलॉसफिकल है अप्रोच बट इट हैज वर्क्ड फॉर मी राइट सो आई डोंट इफ यू सी आई हैव नेवर रियली पोस्टेड एनी कंटेंट वेयर आई एम मेकिंग फन ऑफ समवन और बना सकता हूँ चाहे तो बना सकता हूँ इतना है नॉलेज कि मैं आई कुड मेक फन बट दैट इज नॉट जर्ली दर्सन आई एम अगर कोई मुझे फोर्स भी करेगा तो मैं वो करूंगा तो बहुत फेक लगेगा बिकॉज बाई हार्ट आई एम नॉट दैट पर्सन लाइक्स टू मेक फन ऑफ अदर्स और बुली अदर्स आई एम मोर ऑफ अ टीचर पर्सन दैर आल से बाबा तू आ जा मेरे घर पर मैं तेरे को बैठ के सिखाऊंगा आ जा आई टेल यू वॉट इज द राइट वे ऑफ डूइंग थिंग सो आई एम मोर ऑफ दैट पर्सनैलिटी सो आई डोंट रियली बॉदर अबाउट द बैड एपल्स बिकॉज इवेंचुअली समे वेन दे कैन अफोर्ड दे विल चेंज the stance on whatever statements they are giving right right so my next question is more towards the motivation let's say many people including me start to get very motivated i, I want to do this i want to achieve whatever the, my goal is hmm. and after 6 week 4 weeks 6 weeks it fades out hmm. so how can i uh, in terms of being a coach how can i help that person go through that blunt of a time you know to overcome that motivation that has really died down. प्रोसेस में तो वेन आई एम बेसिकली when things are going good with my clients uh, when they are losing weight and they are very happy and they call me and message me are sir i dropped 1 kg today and this and that yeah i saw matlab generally kya hota hai weekly check ins wo log batate are aaj 2 inch dekha difference hai waist pe thank you so much and uh, sometimes what they happens is that probably during that pt session they hit a good weight on the squat or they did lat pull down very beautifully or they managed their first push up you know so they yeah. get very excited and then they sometimes even share with your partners about this or family and then they send you a clipping i told my husband about this right. i was telling my friends about this so jab wo log high pe rehte hai na main tabhi warn kar deta hu this high will never last forever right so when they are experiencing like i have a client right now whose uh, last training session is on tuesday okay. so he's a he's a guy he was he's in merchant navy he was here for only 3 months okay. and uh, now he's again going back on the ship in march and then again he'll be there on the ship for 4 months फिर जब आएगा फिर से ट्रेनिंग करेंगे अरे पंकज और एक गिल हो गया और एक किलो यू नो आई ड्रॉप वन मो के जी पास ही गए सो आई वुल इन द सेम थिंग एवरी टाइम आई सर दानिश डोंट गेट ऑप्शन विद नंबर जस्ट बी हैप्पी दैट यूर प्रोग्रेसिंग I said, don't get obsessed with numbers because this is not going to last forever. So think about what is going to happen when you hit a plateau, and what is the frustration, and what are we going to do then? 
so i always basically first of all i never let them get attached to much i let them get attached to the process okay not to the result okay results se observe mat ho jao process se observe ho jao result apne aap aata rahega so that is how i counsel them right from the start i i tell them ha okay you are happy you hit your number whatever your target is achieve halfway go celebrate but don't get obsessed with the number because plateau is going to come you are going to hit a plateau and i already have like a strategy in mind when i'm planning this so mm-hmm. when i'm planning this and i tell them in advance that okay you are going to hit a plateau 6 weeks from now okay yeah. and when you're hitting going to hit 6 weeks from now we are going to do this sort of a change in your diet or we are going to do this sort of a change in your training program and then it may work it may not work but we will work in this style so that we can help you come out of that plateau and then you continue to get your results in the way that we want day planning it will help correct to strategy kaam karega ki nahi karega nahi pata hai and i am very blunt about that also that yeah. i am going to put a strategy in place 6 weeks from now so that in case you hit a plateau we are able to overcome that but whether we are able to overcome that only time will tell right right makes sense so, makes- so communications uh, clear communications has been one of my strengths as a coach i am very very blunt i am very very transparent whatever i talk to the client or whatever i commit to the client and that has had it to the success of my career actually my professional career is successful because i am very transparent about everything that i do with my clients right. so basically jo bhi strategy plan karne wala ho jo plateau aane wala hai pehle se bol deta hu ki ye hone wala hai so don't get too obsessed with that right right so it it was a fun session and yeah. i learned a lot from it and i wanted to thank you for coming on the show hopefully thanks a lot thank you for inviting me having you more on the show and uh, uh, can you just mention your website name so that people okay. watching it my my website is <coughs> www.musclelayman.com okay muscle ka spelling sabko aata hai layman everybody gets confused l a y m a n.com muscle layman is my website my instagram handle is also by the name of muscle layman Okay. and uh, that is it and anybody wants to reach me it's pn.coach@muscleman.com that's my official email address right right thank you so much pankaj for having thank you devanshu thank you for inviting me yeah thank you bye thank you bye bye